It's time for episode 256 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, August 29th, 2018. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the podcast that will self-destruct in 30 minutes. I'm your host, Dan Morin. And I'm joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Micah Sargent. Hi, Micah. How you doing? Uh, well, I was doing great, but now I think the FBI, the CIA, and maybe some other international espionage groups are tuning into this call. Oh, don't so worry. thanks for that. They're not real crimes. They're just crimes of the heart. <laughs> I don't know well, if that's a thing. <laughs> I can feel it. I can feel the love here today, uh, and we will explode with that love. That sounds dangerous. Uh, let's mm-hmm. let's introduce our fellow criminal, I mean guests here today. To my left, our very good friend who is uh, has so many titles to her name that I, I just don't even, I don't even know where to start. Kelly Gamont, what titles, what these days are you, uh, is there anything you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, well, I'm a founding volunteer at App Camp for Girls, so I'll go with that one. And uh, the rest of the time, I guess I'm a known associate of the Clockwise podcast. There you go. That's what I like ah, to hear. I dig it. Uh, and to my left is a panelist over on the Incomparable Network. I'm sure some of you have heard of that. And <laughs> Breakfast Authority on my favorite podcast, Most Important Meal, as well as a podcast editor it is the one and only Brian Hamilton. Hello, Brian. Welcome back. Hello. Uh, this is episode 256, which means we are the final bit in the clockwise <laughs> bite. Congratulations, everyone. Yay! <laughs> oh, man. Nerd. It's the last time anyone will say this podcast bites. All right. I'm going to kick <laughs> things off as it's my day to do so. Despite the graphical user interface being around for more than 40 years, the command line seems to persist. My question is, do you use the command line at all? How regularly and for what? Kelly? Yes. And uh, I would say reasonably regularly. Um, I use it for uh, sort of secret settings, particularly in macOS. Uh, There are a number of things that you can accomplish on your computer by using the magic of a command that starts defaults right. And you can do lots of stuff on your computer with that that sometimes can help you uh, make an application behave the way you want it to or various other things. Um, I've used the command line as long as almost as long as I've used computers, probably, because uh, uh, as, lo- as soon as I started being able to get access to it, um, I've done everything from build configuration files by hand in a text editor in terminal to uh, reading email. I used to have a shell account back in the day when that was a thing, when you had to connect with a modem and use Pine to read your email. I used to do that. Um, I also use the command line for, currently, uh, I use it for uh, my close personal friend Don Melton's transcoding tools. I use it for that. And also, um, I use it when sometimes my computer is misbehaving. So if you ever get that file that won't delete from the trash, no matter how many times you push empty trash, uh, I use it for that as well. So I'm in it pretty regularly. I'm not afraid of it. Uh, I have a healthy respect for it. So I know <laughs> I know to make sure that I, I typed exactly what I meant to type before I hit return because there's no take backs in terminal but I do uh, I do use it regularly 
I do much of the same that Kelly mentioned there, uh, especially the defaults right magic. Um, but <laughs> Dan, you and I also make use of the command line for some tools for podcast editing, uh, which make things a little bit easier. And I mean, honestly, that's most of what I do. Every once in a while, I'll get interested in wanting to try out a, you know, a new project that exists somewhere online. And so one example of that would be Homebridge. Uh, Homebridge is a sort of server that exists in between HomeKit gadgets, or rather gadgets that aren't HomeKit enabled, and the HomeKit framework so that you can actually sort of bring all of your smart home devices under the HomeKit umbrella. And so it's a pretty nifty tool for linking those things up, but it requires some command line magic that you got to play around with. So it's not necessarily for the faint of heart, but it can really help you out if you have lots <laughs> of uh, non-HomeKit enabled gadgets. What about you, Brian? I know just enough about the command line to be scared of the command line. Uh, I almost never use it. I only ever uh, crack it open if I have an obscure problem and I wind up on some sort of forum that says, copy and paste this into terminal and then hit enter and then restart and uh, see if the problem uh, keeps going. Uh, Every time I I have a a really great uh, power strip that is... Wi-Fi enabled, but not HomeKit enabled. Every time I think about installing HomeBridge, I pull up Micah's uh, iMore article about it and read it, and I think, no, not today. (laughs) What do we say to the god of HomeBridge? Not today. So I'm a little (laughs) skeptical of it. Uh, If I ever do wind up using some of the terminal apps that uh, y'all are talking about in order to aid podcasting, I'm absolutely tying that to an Apple script or keyboard maestro thing so I never have to crack open that scary little black box. (laughs) I guess I'm more in the Kelly camp since I, you know, go. I, is that the app camp? Is that the Kelly camp? I'm confused Ooh, now. I uh, no, I, uh, I, you know, I, I go back to the days where the dialing modems and the command line access being the only thing we had. So I grew certainly comfortable with it, if not particularly adept. These days, I do use it on my Mac for a variety of things, although oftentimes for networking related things like SSHing into a computer that's remote. Um, I also do maintain my own uh, server. And so I, I often access it via the command line and I have taken to, you know, trying to teach myself to do little server maintenance and administration tasks via the command line, which is exciting because yeah, as, as comfortable as I am at times, I am definitely not an expert. And so there are times where I've gotten myself into trouble, uh, because I don't really understand everything that I'm doing, but it's like, ah, this command seems like it's going to work. And then everything on your computer explodes, uh, which is not great. (laughs) I don't recommend it. It's picking up all those pieces. It's quite the pain, but I do love the command line. I'm glad it's still there in Mac OS. Uh, I even use panics prompt sometimes to get into a command line while I'm on my iPad or iPhone, so I hope it doesn't go away anytime soon. Thanks for your thoughts on that. Let's go to topic number two from Kelly. So um, sometimes you end up with a habit uh, that you you may not necessarily have intended to. For example, uh, standing in line somewhere or um, sitting on the couch watching TV and like mentally you sort of check out. So you pick up your phone and start to scroll. Uh, whatever that thing is that maybe you're scrolling. Um, I would like to know, uh, 
when was the last time that you sort of made a conscious effort to make more time for something that you like? Um, an example of this is that Facebook and Instagram and YouTube have all uh, implemented, you don't have to use them, but they have offered for people uh, time tracking application, like time tracking as part of the application uh, so that you can't fall all the way down that YouTube rabbit hole, I guess. Um, and iOS 12 is going to have this available across the across your entire device, how much time you're spending on certain things and if you want to set limits on those. So uh, I want to find out from all of you, when was the last time that you did something like this? Yeah, so I actually, I started to make a, a conscious effort before iOS 12 came around with the, the screen time tracking and these other apps did, uh, because I realized that when I was like working from home, can be very lonely at times because it's just you Aww. in your office and yeah right and uh everybody else is wherever they are across the you know the globe and so because of that i realized that when i had those opportunities to be around people physically i needed to fully live in those moments and take uh as you know absorb and enjoy as much of that as possible. And so I just started to, when I was around people, not not have my device out. And so, you know, a lot of times you'll see when you like go to a restaurant or something, everybody sets their phone on the table usually. And then, you know, if something pops up, they can get to it. Well, I keep mine put away, uh, like whenever I go out to eat with folks or go to hang out with people and do my best to just sort of keep those things tucked away. I've already got a lot of notifications for things turned off and I use my Apple watch to sort of, if there's something that I need to get bugged about, I can see it there and then uh, address it. But yeah, I, I just, I started to do this anyway because I need to have as much time with people uh, physically as, you know, as is allowed or as is presented to me. And I can't really do that if I'm spending all that time focusing on my phone and talking to people on Slack or on Twitter or Mastodon or wherever folks might be. So, yeah. <laughs> Brian, what about you? Uh, that makes a lot of sense in terms of the things that you do in real life that encroach on tech time and vice versa. Uh, a few months ago, I uh, I removed TweetBot from my main home screen and replaced it with Day One. So if I ever you know get the urge to tap in that spot and uh, say things, uh, it goes into Day One where I can be more personal and be a little bit more intentional about the things I'm doing. Uh, that hasn't worked because Spotlight's right there and I can just go into TweetBot and tweet whatever. Uh, <laughs> but recently, when um, Twitter got rid of all of the third party APIs that lets uh, you know good third party apps use the uh, notifications and streaming and everything I have been checking Twitter less because I don't want to go into the official app to look at the uh, the stats there but I still use Tweetbot because it's a much better experience with no ads and better UI and everything. But I'm not as like, ooh, let's see who liked this tweet. Ooh, let's see how many people retweet it. Like, I, I'm not as mindless about that. I'm much more intentional about maybe twice a day opening the official Twitter app and checking there and then closing it and going about my business, which is like a completely unintentional <laughs> uh, consequence of this really terrible thing that Twitter did. But it still is making my life a little bit better. In terms of the things that I'm making more time for myself, uh, I have a Switch, and I love video games, and I really have been feeling guilty lately about spending as much time as needs to be in Breath of the Wild, because it's a several hundred 
hundred hour game that I'm like, I want to make some progress, but I can't unless I spend hours a night doing it. So uh, I'm letting myself be a lot more uh, mindless about just hanging out, playing my Switch, maybe trying to like speed run a Celeste level, because that's a thing I'm doing now. The stuff that I never thought I had the time to do or had the willpower to do, I'm really letting myself let go of how much time I'm spending playing video games now, because it makes me happy. Well, yeah, that's that's what matters. I mean, uh, for me, um, I for a while have tried to uh, dial back some of my phone usage, and some of that comes from having been one of the first people, like in my friend circle, to have a smartphone. And so I feel like I got a lot of it out of the way early because people used to make fun of me like, oh, yeah, you know, Dan, he can't put his phone away. He's got his phone permanently attached to his hand, like in the first days of the iPhone being around. And then everybody else got iPhones and they also come to the same thing. So <laughs> for me, I feel like I got in early and now I'm starting to draw back a little more. It doesn't mean I, I use my iPhone that much less, but it does mean that I'm more conscious about the things that I do with it. And when I started dating my now fiance, like we we made a deal that we would like try and engage and have like non-phone time when we go out to dinner and stuff like that so that's been a big help as well and it's caused it's had the end result of me realizing like look i cannot check my phone every five minutes and everything is fine <laughs> um and so a confluence of factors between that and brian discussed the twitter changes have made me deal die way back on social networking which was kind of the biggest like uh attractive time suck right like for me it was the like always checking twitter and so as a result I, i'm much more dip in dip out right now i still check it but i've, I've managed to man i've managed to uh, find a better way to balance that with all the other stuff in my life so try to spend a little more time uh reading or writing or basically anything that has value whatsoever <laughs> so i i'm i'm plus with that and i'm glad to see these tools coming from more places because i think it will encourage people to be more conscious about the time that they're spending on it kelly any last thoughts to wrap up yeah um mine partly was brought on by twitter but also partly um a little bit what mike is talking about uh, i also work from home and uh interacting with people uh, i know this is gonna sound weird to you guys but i'm a pretty social person and so getting the <laughs> opportunity to go hang out with people like in person if i'm going to make the effort to like you know put on a clean pair of pants and a nice t-shirt and you know the good t-shirt and go out and be in the same place as a bunch of other people at the same time. Like if I'm going to go make the effort to be there in person, I should be there in person. So like I will occasionally pull out my phone to take a picture, but I try consciously to not do that. And then, you know, uh, I do leave my phone on the table, but face down so that it like if we're out to dinner or something uh, so that it, it doesn't go off in my pocket let me know anything and i have the same sort of setup with my watch like anything i really need to know is going to my watch and getting my watch made me go like i don't need all these notifications coming all the way to my arm and then it also made me rethink all of the notifications in the first place so my phone ended up dialed down quite a bit too when i first got my watch and uh, lately i've been making a conscious effort to stop reading social stuff or um you know, like overloading on news stories and being a little more intentional about like, is this something I want to spend my time reading and uh, shifting some of that gear back into stuff I really like, which is uh, yarn. I like to knit and crochet and I like to read books. And so doing those things instead of mindlessly picking up my phone and scrolling, like I try to stop and think about it when I pick up my phone, what I'm picking it up for. And if it's like, I don't know then I usually try you know I usually will put it back down and uh, that has changed a lot as far as what I'm doing with my free time I really enjoy it 
Excellent. We all got way better things to do with our time. Well, one of those things that we can do with our time is go to halftime here at Clockwise. This week's episode is brought to you by our good friends at Linode. With Linode, you'll have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with prices starting at $5 a month, and you'll be up and running with your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in under a minute. Whether you're just getting started with your first server or deploying a complex system, Linode is the right choice for you. They offer the fastest hardware network with fantastic customer support behind it all. And it's never been easier to launch a Linode cloud server. Linode guarantees 99.9% uptime for server availability. Once your server is up, they keep it that way. And they offer additional storage too. Block storage is now out of beta and is available in the Fremont and New York data centers. Linode is great for tasks like hosting large databases, running a mail server, operating a VPN, and so much more. Hey, I mentioned using the command line before. I use it on my Linode server. Oh, and good news, Linode's hiring right now. If that interests you, just go to linode.com slash careers. So as I mentioned, Linode has fantastic pricing options available. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for only $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you'll not only be supporting us, but you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan on that one gigabyte of RAM plan. That's four free months, and with a seven-day money-back guarantee, absolutely nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or use the promo code clockwise2018 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting clockwise and all of relay fm and half two starts off with micah all right so apple just released an update to add airplay 2 support to its airport express i'm curious if you have an airport express do you plan to make use of the update and if not or even if so i'm just curious how often do you use airplay I don't own an AirPlay Express. Uh, I was considering getting one after this because it's, I, I've always wanted one, but, um, I, I don't think at this point I would spend a hundred dollars on something like this or get a used one for cheaper because I don't know what people have done with it before. Uh, but there are so many other ways now to get music places like, uh, the little, uh, Chromecast audio or uh, an Echo Dot is one of my favorite ways to get music everywhere. Uh, in terms of AirPlay, I don't use it much because I don't own an Apple TV or any sort of, uh, HomePlay enabled speaker, but but I use uh, the incredible, incredible app uh, Airfoil by Rogue Amoeba to uh, beam audio all through my apartment. I'm moving out of my apartment now, so I have uh, in one room my Mac, in the other room a Chromecast, and another room an iPad. And my phone beams to my Mac with AirPlay in order to get audio everywhere else and that's the only use of airplay i have and oh my god the lag is awful that's the main reason i don't use it and the main reason i haven't invested in any uh airplay products but it's a good protocol and it makes airfoil one of the most magical apps out there so i tolerate it uh airplay 2 has been a huge improvement on airplay 1 i'll say that much i had an airplay speaker back in the day and it was pretty awful but since um i have a home pod and i have a sonos one both of which are airplay 2 compatible i've been using that a bit and i actually quite i quite like it it seems to have come a long way um i don't have an airport express i sort of skipped that i do have an airport extreme where's my firmware update that's what i right. want to know come on <laughs> Um, yeah, so I like the idea, but as Brian said, it seems like there are plenty of ways to get audio around the house these days, so I'm certainly not about to go and invest in a piece of equipment that old. But it's cool that they gave it a new lease on life, so hopefully folks out there who do have one can find some inventive new uses for it. Kelly? Mostly this update confused me because Apple stopped selling airport the Airport Express in April, uh, so I... I didn't quite understand why why it was getting an update, um, unless maybe now this is the official end of it. So I sort of wondered about that. But uh, I use AirPlay constantly because I will have uh, video or music 
on my phone like a particular playlist and I want just that to play to the big speakers that I have in the basement uh, on the good sound system. So if I want to bounce anything over there, I will do that. Um, I will also use AirPlay. Uh, I have a slightly different AirPlay setup uh, with the speakers that are next to the kitchen in the dining room uh, on the main floor of my house. And so uh, like I will play music there. Uh, real low in the background, like five people over for dinner or something when I have a little music playing. Um, so I use AirPlay pretty regularly, uh, but it's generally through the Apple TV. And uh, I would say probably more video than audio, uh, but I still do use it pretty often. I just don't have an Airport Express to do it with. Excellent answers. Um, I do not have an Airport Express, but I do have a HomePod and two Apple TVs. Um, I've got a one, I mean, what am I trying to say? Not a one level. What is it called? A single level. That's it. Single level home. Um, and so with one TV in the living room, one Apple TV in the master bedroom and the HomePod in my office, if I airplay audio to all of those devices, then I can hear the whatever audio happens to be playing no matter where I am in the house. And I like to use it to listen to audiobooks, to listen to podcasts, and to listen to music. Uh, when I when I wake up in the morning, like one of the first things that I like to do is put on a song and dance to it uh, to sort of get the blood pumping. Surprising nobody, yeah, exactly. To this surprising show. <laughs> no one at all. Uh, and so this morning, I airplayed to all of my or to the three devices, my two Apple TVs and the HomePod, and uh, got the day started. So I use AirPlay a lot, and I'm glad that some things have improved with airplay too uh brian some of that lag too i have noticed when using third-party apps with airplay Mm. um so like spotify Mm -hmm. is one that doesn't get along very well with airplay it seems but um with apple music it does a, a pretty fine job so yeah that uh that's that's my airplay spiel let's move on to the last topic which comes from brian A few weeks ago, my 2012 MacBook Pro very sadly perished RIP. So now I'm using an old iMac uh, as a hand-me-down from family members, and I'm realizing now about myself that I need a laptop in my life. And I'm curious, when was the last time a tech limitation taught you something about yourself like that? Oh, man, a tech limitation. Uh, I think... I think that for me, it is something similar in terms of when I I used a laptop for a long time as my only machine, and it was fine for a long time. I had a variety of MacBooks, but at a certain point, I think it was around the time I started working at Macworld, I realized that I really did need a machine that was capable of doing more because I love the portability of it, but like having, having a monitor, even having an external monitor, I had an Apple cinema display. Um, like I liked it, but it didn't really substitute for having a nice big desktop. And so even after I left Macworld, you know, I, my iMac that, that I had gotten from my, from the company eventually died and I was looking at, should I, do I need to replace it? Whatever. And I, you know, I thought about it long and hard and I decided, you know what? I do enough podcast editing and heavy lifting of files. I really do need uh, a desktop. And so I went out and bought myself an iMac, uh, 5k because it turned out like that was something that I actually needed. I didn't think so. I thought I had left the desktop era far behind and I would be solely a laptop and mobile device user, but nope, still need a desktop. I have so many questions for everybody about this now. Um, so, yeah. So, Dan, what do you carry now instead? And, Micah, what was that song that you used this morning? And, like, yeah, I have a lot of questions. We'll have to do about that, talk about that later. Um, I, I have learned um, 
I've learned a lot of things. I think it sort of depends on on which technology it is. Um, I'm uh, like the previous version of Dan. Uh, I rock one computer. It's a 13-inch MacBook Pro. I do have an external monitor. It works for me. Um, that's currently my system. Um, what I have learned about myself is that I'm really aggravated about the fact that girls' pants pockets are stupid. Thank you, <laughs> Apple, for helping drive that home for me. Uh, two phones ago, basically, is when it started. Uh, my, my 5S was the first that didn't really fit in my pants pocket of certain pants. And from there, it's only gotten worse. Uh, I'm not a person who puts my phone in my purse. My phone has to go in my pocket. So um, it's so like I can't like basically that limits me from ever having a plus model phone uh, probably keeps me from having a 10. And that's why um like i need to have my phone on my person i don't know why that is but i do and um so like that's a thing that that i've learned is uh yeah uh women's pants are really frustrating um i learned at one point that i could live with a 13 inch screen i didn't think i could i used to have 15 inch macbook pros and at one point i obsessed over those two inches of monitor and finally just went you know i'll try it once and if i hate it i have this external monitor and a 13 inch computer is amazing mostly because at the time i was doing a lot of traveling so going from having to huff a 15 inch machine across an airport to having to huff a 13 inch machine across the laptop uh, across an airport when this was still in the time that laptops had optical drives so they were a lot heavier uh, was <laughs> wonderful um like i so like it it sort of depends but i sort of learned something about myself regard you know regardless of what the new technology is that i've sort of added to my life so for me it actually i think it's gonna it's gonna sound a lot like dan it sort of worked in the opposite um it was not the limitation but sort of the freedom uh that i realized i didn't necessarily need uh, I use a MacBook Pro that I love, but most of the time it is in clamshell mode with two monitors connected to it, and I have uh, an external keyboard, mouse, and trackpad that I use with it. So about, I would say, 90% of the time, maybe even more, it's plugged in and the screen is down, and it was just this realization, I think probably a little earlier this year that like I could, I could do well with an iMac or some sort of, of desktop computer that had maybe a little more power because it didn't need to rely on being built for portability. So the, the trade off there, like getting a better screen and a better you know, processor and all of those kinds of things, because I wasn't working with a mobile device seemed like a great idea, especially because of how much I use my uh, 10.5 inch iPad Pro everywhere all the time in, in mobile settings. And so it has sort of become my laptop and my laptop is my desktop. And I don't really need to have, I think, a laptop because of how little I use it uh, for that purpose. Great answers, everyone. Uh, you know, I think we learned a valuable lesson today about ourselves. Um, a few runners up for me. Um, I, as much of a millennial as I am, I absolutely need a remote. If I'm watching something on a TV, I can't use a voice. I can't use my phone. I can't use a freaking game controller with triggers that always get pushed and fast forward. I hate it. I need a remote. And also, uh, I need smart home things because uh, the incredible convenience of just pushing a button on my phone to turn on lights has been revolutionary. 
All right, that is four topics down. We've reached the end of the show. There's just enough time for a bonus topic. So I want you all to tell me really nice and quick, what is a food that you can't stand that everyone else can't believe you don't like? Kelly? Uh, Mine's not a food, but it's beer. And it's because I live in Portland. But I drink coffee, which is why I don't get deported. (laughs) Uh, Mine is steak. Steak doesn't make any sense. It's the most boring thing in existence. It's a big old hunk of protein. It's boring and it's un... It's 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 just it's just weird and I don't like it and I don't understand it. Brian, Brian, what's something you hate that other people like? Uh, with my runners up being pudding and uh, especially chia seed pudding, uh, I hate hummus. I know it's really trendy to love hummus. I don't understand oh, it. I can I, I can handle my garlic, but I think hummus is too garlicky. I don't like it. Oh man! Wow, so many incorrect opinions. No, uh, <laughs> uh, mine is peanut butter. I dislike peanut butter intensely. I cannot oh, stand it. God. I find it really gross. See, we've all learned a lot about each other, and now good news now we is, all hate each other. Good news is if we all hate each other, we can all leave, <laughs> because it's the end of the show, and all that remains is for us to thank our wonderful guest this week. Kelly Gamont, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Brian Hamilton, thank you so much for joining us again. Of course. Thanks for having me. And Micah, I'll trade you uh, this case of peanut butter for a couple steaks. Yeah, you can have all the stakes. Uh, all of them. All right. I want one. some. This is a high-stakes podcast. Uh, and it will continue <laughs> to be until next time. But until then, we remind you, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. <laughs>